Welcome to Woody Online. You're listening to the audio of one of our pre-recorded services. We're based in Cardiff and we meet in person every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. If you're able to join us, we would love to see you. We hope this week's message blesses you. Happy New Year. Welcome back to Woody Online. I'm Martin, one of the leaders here at Woodville Baptist in Cardiff, and it's a a blessing and an honour to be able to present a message to you at the beginning of 2023. Um, We're excited at the prospect of this coming year. We've got quite a lot going on as a fellowship church, and we're looking forward to seeing also what God has got planned for us as a church. So it's it's all good stuff. Uh, To kick this, this year's off, we're looking at, to kick the year off, the elders have chosen to work through a series from one of the letters from Paul to the church. And after a lot of prayer and discussion between us, we've chosen to look at Ephesians. Um, I was reading a daily devotional from a few years ago, just recently, and it it quotes in there um, the Welsh minister Martin Lloyd-Jones, who said that there's nothing more sublime in the whole of scripture than Paul's letter to the Ephesians, which is, which is a massive statement in itself. But I also think there's a lot of validity to that. And as we explore this book, hopefully it will reveal God's plan to us and to you, um, to reveal some of his promises and the guidance for us as a church in Cardiff and for, for the believers watching this wherever you are. So I'm going to pray just at the start. Thank you, Father God, for your word. Thank you that it is a living word, that this this book written thousands of years ago as a letter still has such importance to us. And I pray that it it will be used by you to get into the hearts of believers and people listening to this to open up your word. Amen. Right, so today I'm going to set the scene. I'm going to do some of the background stuff. And then with my elder colleagues, we're going to delve into the scripture over the next few weeks and where we can open up the message and really get into what this book is about. So the book of Ephesians was probably written around AD 60 by Paul the Apostle. You can read his story in the book of Acts, start at Acts 9. It's quite exciting stuff. Um, And he's written it to the Christian believers in Ephesus which is a city in the Roman capital of what today is modern-day Turkey. Um, He'd visited Ephesus probably about five years previously to writing this letter, and it had quite an effect, his visit. And I'm going to read from Acts, from Acts 19, what happened when he was there. So this is Acts 19, 8 to 10, and then I'm going to jump ahead 23 to 31. Okay. Paul entered the synagogue and boldly spoke there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together, along with the workers and related trades, and said, 
You know, my friends, that we have received a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He said that gods made by human hands are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great god Artemis will be discredited and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great as Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's travelling companions from Macedonia, and all of them rushed into the theatre together. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theatre. So there we have this major city filled with Gentiles, they're the, the non-Jewish people, that had a great deal of worship for Artemis, this Greek god whose Roman equivalent was Diana. And a lot of the business in the town, in the city, depended on the religion for their livelihood. And then Paul and his companions turn up um, for a couple of years, they sow the seeds of the way, and that's the gospel of Jesus, before they were called Christians. And as expected, this turns into something bigger. And what happens over the next five years before the letter is written, it isn't written, recorded in detail. But this letter is written to those people who had heard, either from Paul or from the others in the city, this message. And it's for their benefit and their guidance. Now, Paul, who by the time he's writing this, is in prison in Rome for being a Christian. And he has a heart for the believers in Ephesus still. He wants to encourage them. He wants to pray over them. And he wants to share wisdom that will help them in their lives together. And God has breathed his spirit into these words. And we can also read and benefit from that wisdom and that encouragement too. See, we recognise that God has breathed his spirit into these words. That we can also read and we can benefit from that wisdom and that encouragement too. This isn't just a history lesson. This isn't just for those believers 2,000-ish years ago. It's for us. It's for today. If I quickly zoom over the whole of the book of Ephesians, the themes that my Bible lays out, it says that we have our place in God's plan, that it explains how we can be alive in Christ and dead to our sins. It looks into this mystery, as Paul calls it, of God. There's talk about the unity in the body of Christ. There's advice on how to live well in communities of different kinds. And then there's preparation for, for defending ourselves and defending our faith and spiritual attack. So when you look at this book, it could be a manual for believers to, to follow, to try and work out how to get life right. However, it, it never claims to, to be the absolute answer to everything. There's no way it would be. And it made me think that I was, the other day, um, I was in Bristol visiting family. And I chose to drive home a different way to how I normally drive in my wisdom. And so I popped the destination of home into the sat-nav 
and we were driving happily along the road and talking about how the day had been, all the fun things that we'd been doing with the family. I got to a big roundabout, one of his major roundabouts, lots of, lots of junctions off, and I completely misjudged which junction I needed, completely missed it, completely got it wrong. And I turned off one junction early and started heading north out of Bristol towards Gloucester, and I was on a dual carriageway, not the way home, just got it completely wrong. So eventually I had to take a side road, I had to check the route. I had to look at where I was going, I had to look at my map, know where I was going, get back on track in my head as well as just listening to the sat-nav and get safely back on the road. And we all got back obviously safely, I've got back on the road safely enough, but I hadn't done the preparation before I got in the car. That's what I recognised, I hadn't done that preparation before the journey into new territory. So just like the misuse of my sat-nav in my car, we have to approach this Bible, this series of looking at the Bible book with our brains engaged. I think that's really, really important. Thinking about those themes, rather than just going into it, we have to prepare ourselves. So I'd like to offer a bit of advice. I'd like to offer the advice to go and read the book of Ephesians, first off. Get into the Bible, read the book of Ephesians, the whole of it. It's, it's only six chapters, it is six chapters, and it's rich and it's God-inspired teaching. Hopefully over the next few weeks, well, I'd like to think so, we will bring out lots of the things that we feel God is directing us to. But you might want or you might need different elements from the passage that we don't cover, and that will bring light into it for your own walk with the Lord. So get into that book, first of all. And then find some guidance from the people who have already done this journey. I personally, I like the Bible Project as a resource. There's a bunch of really intelligent understandable believers who are really, really excited about the Bible. They're excited about exploring and explaining this unified message of the Bible that points to Jesus. There's links on this video somewhere or, or find or get in touch, we will direct you to it. It's a brilliant start on exploring more about what Ephesians is. So what else can we expect from Ephesians over the next few weeks? The one theme as I've seen it, as I've been looking at an overview, is, is unity. Paul refers many, many times to unity and how it's necessary for the church to exist, to grow, and then to become an important part in the communities that the church is in. Just some examples here. That in chapter 1, verse 10, Paul writes about bringing unity to all things in heaven under Christ. Chapter 2, he says in verse 15 that his, God's, purpose was to create in himself one new humanity in making peace. Chapter 4, verse 3, it encourages us to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then in chapter 4, in verse 13, it says, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Some really fantastic words here about unity and how important it is throughout this book. Unity was such an important message for, the, for those believers, for those people in Ephesus. They were surrounded by non-believers who hated them, who wanted their way to stop. And Paul's message is exciting for us today as we also might feel that we are in daily 
situations where, where unity in and through Christ is necessary. In our workplaces, and our families, and our friendships, even the, the mission fields that we're called to, the, the places where God has placed us, where he's guided us to, so that we can share his love with those people around us. It's really important we have that unity. Hopefully, though, we won't end up causing riots in the same way that Paul did in Ephesus, maybe. It is important, though, to point out that this unity, as Paul describes it, it doesn't necessarily mean uniformity. We're not all the same, that when we are united, we're not all the same, that we're not all in the same situations. So we will not all require the same provision from God. And that also is what this book explains. That in this book, that in Ephesians, God shows that he knows what we need. And his one spirit gives many gifts. That we all have different roles to play in life. So he enables us with the right stuff for where we are and where we're at. God has amazing plans for our lives. He wants us as individuals to have an impact on those around us. So he explains through Paul's words here what he has given us. And as well as the gift of salvation through Jesus, we have this passage about the armour of God that we should be putting on ourselves for all of the situations that we might face. And that's a really powerful passage filled with imagery and, and application for all of us as believers in the power of God. So how might this be relevant to, to us as Woody, as a church family in the 21st century? We recognise that we have a, a long and, and rich history here in the area that we're in, in Cardiff. There's been a church here for about 140 years in Cates, where it's been serving the community. It's been a beacon of God's love for that many years. In the past, past decade or so, we have been had quite a roller coaster of a, of a life in church. We've had growth and we've had decline. We've had student blessings and blessings with families. We've been through different ministers at different points in their careers. We've had new visions from God. And of course, then we've had this global pandemic to minister through. It's been quite a time. And then we can all attest to what we've lived through in the past year. We've been through an interregnum. We are going through an interregnum now alongside quite a big reorganization of what church is that we've focused on life groups. We've had Woody Cafe spring up and it's been exciting that big Woody gatherings are developing. And we've got prayer and worship nights for, for really digging down and getting closer to God. It's an exciting time to be in this church now. And that reminds me of, of some of the words and pictures that God has shared with us through the past. That we've had pictures of flower beds with everything in the right place. I'm not a big gardener, but I understand a flower bed and that when you plant things, it can look a bit sparse at first. But then as things grow and they come together, the, that they fill, they fill the area with beauty and with life. We've had words about the ground, the actual ground in our hall downstairs being covered with various things, but, but that life is produced, that, that things are ready to shoot up, to spring up in life. 
we've had words and we've had actual physical pictures of, of waves, waves of blessing, bringing, bringing life, bringing power, God's powerful movement into our fellowship. And those waves filled with promises. And so in everything that we have seen, everything we know, we know God is working his purpose out through the church, through us as he sees it as right. That, that we know that God is working us together for everyone, not just for ourselves, but for, for the community, for the people around us. And in maturity, as we grow in maturity, so that we are aware and so that we are equipped for the challenges that lay ahead. And that is the message of Ephesians in a nutshell. Very quick skim over the top of it, but that's what it is about. The book of Ephesians is exciting. It's full of hope as we move into this new year. I'd like to pray to, to finish this off. Heavenly Father, the excitement of a new year and the, the promise of what it can bring is amazing. And I love that in the context of who you are, Lord God, that you make all things new, that you want us to be moving forwards, that as we read this book and we learn over, over the years how you have guided and and sent Christians out, believers in your love, in your power, into the communities around them, how we can grow together in unity so that we can benefit those places where we are for one another and for those people who so desperately need to hear your loving voice. Thank you for this book and thank you for this opportunity to be able to share, share your word. Lord God, I. I ask that, that for everybody listening to this, for everybody watching this video, that you will fill hope and excitement in their lives in whatever situation they're in. For those people who are, are mourning, those people who are suffering and sad, that you will be a comfort, a balm. And for those people who are, are without direction, that you will guide, that you will be a, a point that they can focus on. And for those people who are already excited and already looking forward to what is going on this year, Lord God, that you will stir up that excitement. You will fan those flames into, into wildfires that are able to spread and bring encouragement to the people around. In all of this, Lord God, we seek your glory. We seek your face to, to drive us forward, to be useful members of your community and to share your love to those who need to hear it. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So we're gonna start Ephesians, and it's exciting, and it's, it's gonna be great to be able to, to share that with you in person in church or online as we go through this. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any a, things to, to ask, please do get in touch. There's all the normal ways that are going to be on screens, but it's exciting time for our church. And by this point next year, who knows what we'll be talking about. But right now, right here, we are excited about what God is doing within our fellowship. And we'd love you to join in with us. So bless you. Happy New Year.